Our scripture reading is from Jeremiah 29, verses 4 through 7. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare you will find your welfare. The word of God for the people of God. Will you pray with me? Holy God, send your spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. Build, plant, eat, love, multiply. These are the action words that God gave Jeremiah to proclaim to the people of Israel who were exiled from their homeland. You see, the exiled Israelites who were taken to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar had really hoped this exile would only last a couple of years. In fact, they had been prophesied this by Hananiah and a few other prophets. Oh, it's only going to be a couple of years. Don't worry about it. But as the couple of years multiplied, the Israelites yearned for good news. But the good news they got was not the good news they wanted. They wanted to hear that they would be going home, back to Israel, back to the land that God had chosen for them. How could they live happily in a foreign place where the customs and dress and food were not their own? They had been promised that a descendant of King David would always sit on the throne, leading and governing the people in prosperity. And here they were, in Babylon of all places, leagues away from their homeland. And Jeremiah brings these words from God. Build, plant, eat, love, multiply. Um, To the Israelites, those sounded suspiciously like stay and bloom where you're planted words and not pick up your belongings and head west words. This last week, I got to see one of my good high school friends. We've been friends since I moved to Loveland as a junior in high school. She was one of the first people that I met in band. We became good friends. She lives in Jackson, Wyoming, and she's been an employee of the Fish and Wildlife Service for close to 20 years now. 
There's a regional office of the Fish and Wildlife Service here in Denver. So about every year, maybe year and a half, she has some kind of meeting that she drives down for, and she makes sure to do the rounds. She'll see her sister in Fort Collins, another good school friend in Loveland, um, her mom down in Pueblo, and then usually picks up like a night at our house on the way back through to Jackson. And since I usually see her at the tail end of the trip, she is usually so ready to go home. Back to Jackson, out of Colorado. She's not a fan of the traffic, you see, or the congestion of people, or the lack of wildlife. I've seen pictures of her home office view. She has like a home office right in front of this huge window where she sees the Tetons every day. Unobstructed view, because there's like BLM land back there, and she sees deer and moose and whatever every day. She's not much of a city girl, at least anymore. The funny thing is, she used to be, I met her in Loveland, um, where we both were students at Loveland High School, and she was always the one who was brave enough to get in her car and drive down here to Denver to do something adventurous. She also grew up loving the ocean, but being a native Coloradoan, had to go to school in Texas, Texas A&M and Galveston, and studied marine biology. After school, she went into the Peace Corps. She lived in Zambia and Africa for three years. And when she returned to the States after all of that, she had a difficult time finding any employment near the ocean. She always wanted to study dolphins. So kind of as a last-ditch effort, she took this position at the fish hatchery in Jackson Hole. And I remember her saying that this was just a temporary solution until she could find something closer to what she really wanted to do. Not like slimy trout and things at the fish hatchery in Jackson, but dolphins in the ocean. That's what she really wanted to study. Also, this was a temporary move because as a native Coloradoan, you never want to move to Wyoming. It's like a step down or away. I don't know. Those of you who know, know. And if you've ever been to Jackson Hole, you know it is not close to anything. Basically exile. And Jackson has kind of a bougie, you know, like second home vibe, and she is not into that at all. So Jackson was just a stopgap. That's what she said. And then she started living there and meeting people. She got out her high school trombone and joined the community band. She started volunteering with the local food pantry. She got promotions at her job. Build, plant, eat, love, multiply. Sometimes we do not end up where we imagine ourselves. That is the basis of this book that we've been basing this sermon series on, 
The Ministry of Ordinary Places by Shannon Martin. It kind of inspired Reverend Jamie Lee and me to look at what would the Ministry of Ordinary Places look like. And the author of the book, Shannon Martin, writes of the journey of being solidly planted in a rural community, living in a farmhouse that she loved, having built her whole identity around fitting in small-town living. And then very suddenly, with loss and change of jobs, moving with her husband not only to the city, but to a neighborhood on the wrong side of the tracks, she says, where they knew no one and struggled to find their place. In the book, the author, Shannon, shares her stories of connecting with people she never would have considered as friend-worthy before the move, finding blessings in a community of diversity, like with the ex-cons that emerged from the jail where her husband was the chaplain, or with people who lived on the street near her home struggling with addiction, or with people that were at different ages and stages of life than she was. She quotes Henry Nouwen by saying, here we see what compassion means. It is not a bending toward the underprivileged from a privileged position. It is not a reaching out from on high to those who are less fortunate below. It is not a gesture of sympathy or pity for those who fail to make it to the upward pull. On the contrary, compassion means going directly to those people and places where suffering is most acute and building a home there. Build, plant, eat, love. Multiply. Of course, all of this makes me think about Wash Park United Methodist Church. I mean, as your pastor, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Thinking about our church, what we do, and what we could do. And as I've read through Shannon Martin's book, I realize that there's a great difference between the neighborhood that she lives in and the neighborhood where we are located. In Wash Park, The need of people, while present, is not always visible. And as a church, we have the challenge and the blessing to be a community where all are welcome, where children and families are celebrated, where those who typically are on the margins in other churches are explicitly invited here. And so when I think of the premise of Shannon Martin's book, The Ministry of Ordinary Places, I celebrate all the ways that we as a church have been a center of welcome and activity for our community. If you've never been in this building other than a Sunday morning, I encourage you, come during a weekday or on a weeknight. 
It is busy around here. We not only host our preschool, but we have a whole hallway of tenants where people come in for piano lessons or dance classes or a variety of other things. So whether it is families connected to our preschool or someone coming in for a lesson upstairs, or a group hosting a one-time function on the weekends, or even just people during the week evening taking a detour through our courtyard on their walk because it is a place of peace. We are in ministry in this ordinary place every single day. And yet, maybe like me, you also feel the pull of the Spirit saying, and what else? What more? What other ways can we serve our community? How can we build, plant, eat, love, multiply together? I think one of the challenges, especially right now, is that many of us look back on the good old days, even if that just means pre-pandemic. It's funny to think that the good old days might have just been like two and a half years ago, right? We might think that the way forward is getting back to what it was, getting back to the way things were. Much like the Israelites, longing for their home. But the words that God sends through the prophet Jeremiah to those Israelites in exile is not, yeah, we're going back. But we're doing something new here, in this place, now. Even if it's different than what you might have imagined. So as we hear the story of the Israelites in exile, wanting good news of one sort, but receiving good news of another sort, I pray that we can hear the words, build, plant, eat, love, multiply, and let them be our action words for the future as we pray for our community as we love each other and this place deeply enough that we may create something new together. That we might be people that are flexible enough to find hope in change, creativity in chaos, and home in exile. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.